Yeah. yeah my my entire image of Boston is uh fucking Ben Affleck in um Affleck in in that fucking what was the movie? Uh Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck in Goodwill Hunting. His character <laughs> is my vision of Boston. Ben yeah, Affleck. He's Damon in Goodwill Hunting. Ben, ben Affleck. Affleck saying the words burger sandwich. That stop is my it. vision of Boston. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. One of the angels from Dogma is not selling me insurance. It's Ben Affleck. E. Not A. No, Gilbert Gottfried. <laughs> the man who does nothing but play Bert in his life. Uh, and then no longer gets to play Bert. Uh, it's two to nothing, Daisy. My mind can't stop saying Ben Affleck. God, I hate you. I'm going to say that at work, and I'm going to get made fun of. We haven't started recording yet. Did you say Affleck? Affleck. It is the bottom of the fifth. Because that's how his name is spelled. Benaflick. I'm just calling him Betaflick from now. No, and Benaflick. So Benaflick saying when I come down, burger you know, sandwich in the car in, in Goodwill Hunting is how I view all of Boston. Well, I'm not making hate, so could it be Hasty's making me? What's time I think they kill or keep a fire or lose a living? I gotta go faster, keep up the pace, just to stay in my human race. I could go supersonic, the problem's chronic. Tell me, does life exist beyond it? When it need to say, I just accelerate into oblivion. Into Buenos nachos, amigos, and welcome to another fantastic episode of Record Breakers. I'm Peter Rave, your man with no plan. Here with me, as always, is my crew, my team, uh, my squad. We've got Patrick. Hi. We've got Drew. Hi. And we've got Brett. We're going to skunk college, where skunks go to college. Mm hmm. We're not going to Rue? No. <laughs> uh, we are talking about some music, as we are wont to do every week. Share music with each other in our own little virtual lunch table. Uh, pass around the tunes uh, and see what, he, we, see what the other guys think. Uh, here to provide the music this week, here to share with the group, uh, it's sharing time, uh, is uh, Patrick. Patrick, what do you got for this this week? It is you this I week, have, right? It, it is me. Okay. Uh, we we ha- I have brought the trippy, borderline psychedelic, progressive metal band Tool and their most recent nine-year-old album, Ten Thousand Days. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I saw saw I saw a face and a shaking of heads. Uh, let's go with the shaking of heads first. Drew, you shook your head. Uh, what di- expectations did you have coming into this album? Uh. I've known Tool. Uh, I I've made my thoughts on Maynard uh, very well known um, across the internet, so that should be no surprise to anybody. I was uh, shaking my head. Psychedelic. Um. Yeah, I my said expect- borderline psychedelic. Not even borderline. Um. But my expectations for the album. I was expecting some thick, uh, heavy metal that. Mm, was relatively uh, intricate, I guess we could say, and complex, and 
interesting ish. Um, and I was That's expecting Maynard to be Maynard, which is <laughs> usually sticking his own head up his own ass. So <laughs> that's what I was expecting. Uh, Brett, what expectations did you have coming into this album? Ah, nine years ago. Nine years ago, the dark days of rock radio, or, you know, it may still be. Um, where, you know, this is an album that I always, it wasn't quite butt rock, but it was butt rock adjacent. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's like, <laughs> sorry, you know, I, I mean, it, it, it's not quite, you know, it, it, there are peers, um, to the band tool. There are people, contemporaries, um, some of those land in butt rock territory. But, uh, you know, I kind of, I, I, I had no real desire to listen to any tool, even back in the 90s. Um, but uh, I knew that this one was from 2009, so I was like, oh, it, it'll probably sound way different because they've had so much time to grow their, their musical sound and it won't sound anything like, you know, every other album they've done. Um, and, uh, you know, I was really shocked and surprised to have the opinions that I had about this album. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, I had some expectations too, <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, kind of, kind of had an idea of what we were going into, but let's talk about it. Patrick, what are the, some of the themes and elements that, uh, make up this record? So the tool that, that Drew and, uh, Brett are describing is the first two tool albums, which were like 25 years ago when Maynard James Keenan was a very, very angry person. Then Lateralis happened, and then this album where they got a lot trippier. The music sort of the, – the, the band, the actual – like the guitar player, bass player, drummer got to have a lot more fun. And Maynard sort of just became kind of the vocalist of the band and became a lot less angry and crazy and a little more introspective and just a better writer. Um, Tool for me, it's about the fact that it's three – ludicrously good musicians uh you know danny carey is in my opinion basically the best drummer in metal today the guy has an ability with with constantly changing time signatures that you know that comes out of out of like 70s prog rock but add into that you know 80s thrash metal uh Adam Jones is a hell of a guitar player. He writes big, thick, heavy guitar lines with great tone. And Justin Chancellor is an insane bass player who basically, when uh, it, it, the the whole left and metal bass players, when when Cliff Burton died, I feel like Justin Chancellor filled like using you know fuzz pedals appropriately. Don't drag old Cliff through the mud. I'm not dragging <laughs> Cliff yeah. through the goddamn mud. Justin Chancellor. Also, Adam, Adam Jones there also. Was a ghost of Cliff Burton. I'm just saying, like like metal also. bass playing progression stopped when Cliff died and didn't pick up until the mid '90s when Justin joined Tool. Also, That's Adam Jones, opinion. hell of an outfielder as well. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I'm happy to think of another guy. If if you judge Tool based on their fan base, you should hate Tool because most Tool fans are fucking assholes. They're like like pot smoking assholes you went to college with who never did anything with their lives. Hey, I hung out with a lot of pot smoking assholes. I know. I'm just assholes. thinking of very <laughs> assholes I went to college with. Sometimes the band is the company they keep. Yeah. But but Tool Tool is not the band they were in 1990, and I think this album really shows them as basically a prog metal band that gets you know that gets crazy trippy in the middle bits and has just 
you know, really great musicians that shit yeah. throughout. Uh, yeah, there, there's an interesting, there's, there's, there's Tool, and the, the important thing to remember, there's Tool, and then there's A Perfect Circle, those are the two bands, the two major bands, uh, A Perfect there's Circle There's like is, five more. And none there's of them sound and, like this no, album. None of them they, sound maybe? like this. A Perfect I, I, Circle, uh, but no, Tool, I'm, I'm tool uh, of those two, of those two. Yeah, 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 uh, Tool is, is, uh, the long-winded of the two. <laughs> uh and it, there is uh some of that in this album uh i will have to say but drew what themes and elements caught your attention on this preach it album? brother preach it <laughs> well i was going i was going into this hoping my opinion would change about maynard he's an ohio kid i want to like the ohio kid story um i'm wearing a z shirt i debated on wearing this or ohio against the world for this to prove I want the Ohio kid to be on my good graces. God damn it. He's still up his own ass. Um, it's the time signatures fluctuate wildly and I'm fine with that. I listen to jazz. Obviously I'm okay with that. Um, there is lots of runs with like really dense notation. I am fine with that. Um, it's got this like cool, thick, dirty tone throughout. I'm fine with that the entire thing feels like it's trying to be deeper than it is. And because of that, they delve into this place where none of it's fun to me. There, there are some bright spots here and there that are fun, but nothing is feels fun to me. I will say, uh, in tools defense and in the defense of Patrick, uh, there, I do, uh, commend uh, Chancellor. That's his name, right? Chancellor. Chancellor. Yeah. Yep. Um, I commend his bass playing because a lot of bands that get that like just thick, almost wall of sound, almost diving into that bit of heavy uh, metal, a lot of those bass players will just slack tune the shit out of their basses for no reason and like get this like just ridiculous stupid low tone that sounds like it's just in the basement of notes he never did that he never went into that he realizes that playing heavy doesn't mean you have to play with your strings almost off the guitar which um i very very much appreciate as a bass player um and he had some really cool fun runs but overall it was something that like i never walked away from any of it thinking to myself that I had a fun time list. Like it wasn't in music, even in the deepest stuff, even in the stuff that's like heady and deep and cool, you can still picture yourself, at least to me in the best stuff that I like is the guitar player looks over to the bass player after a sick lick and they smile. I never can imagine these guys smiling on stage <laughs> at all ever. Then you've never seen a tool show. <laughs> That's fine. The music doesn't convey that. Yeah, yeah. I would right. say yeah. There, there's some there's some good moodiness uh, uh, that I that I can feel on this. Uh, but yeah, I, I I definitely know what you're talking about, Drew. Uh, Brett, I'm curious. What themes elements caught your attention? What what do you think of the record? Uh, one of the first things while I was you know, listening to this album that made it to the paper is um, a simple sentence that says, I hate this kind of avant-garde bullshit. <laughs> um, the fake, 
the fake Middle Eastern chanting voice thing. It was forced. It sounded awful. Like, you know, uh, the guitar chug and the gurgle bass did nothing for me. Um, the drums were well played, but there was not a whole lot to hang on to or time enough to hang on to any of it. Like, by the time you start getting a good rhythm, it's going the other way, and it's not really easy to follow. Um, it's like the vocals were, you know, made specifically to be dissonant with everything else going on with the band uh, and everybody playing in their own time and beat and, you know, whatever they wanted to do. It's like the everybody solo, um, including the vocals. Um, you know, the the fills and the flourishes were good. Um, you know, it was well executed. Just, God, I, I just can't get down with this. Uh, it's it's kind of like full of that ambient, like, it's like hard rock ASMR for people who are high on ayahuasca who want the best oo-woos that they can get, like playing with the stereo going from one ear to the other. And, you know, just like the, the I don't think I was, you know, I, I didn't have the right chemicals in my bloodstream to have anything of this album touch me in the way that it's supposed to. Um, that being said, I'm a man who's into some weird shit. I I just can't get into this kind of weird. This is not my brand of smokes. This is this is this is brand X weird. And I could not I had I had some trouble swallowing some of it. Mm-hmm. Uh it's not your it's not your cup of tea. <laughs> uh but yeah, it's not my cup. Yeah. <laughs> uh Patrick. What would be some of the tracks to zero in on to kind of get into the details of the record? Um, I'm going to go with just basically my favorite Tool song, period, I think. There's like two of them that go back and forth. Uh, middle of the album, The Pot. It, it is basically an insane bass line. Adam Jones having incredible like metal tone and Maynard just belting it out. Uh, I understand Maynard James Keenan, the person being a controversial character that not everyone likes. I get that. I, I worship at the temple of the Reverend Maynard because he is crazy and it's awesome. And I love his voice because it is genuinely unique in metal. You know, everyone else, you know, like you have, you have so many people who now are just screaming because that's the thing to do or sound like they're trying to either rip off of James Hetfield or Dave Mustaine, because that's what you do in metal is you rip off of the past and, I feel like he kind of went out on his own way. Um, he should have been ripping off Halford. That'd be skillful. That would be skillful. Agreed. Because um, that's what I think of when I think of heavy metal. But I, th- I think this song represents the post-angry years Maynard James Keenan. Like, the guy just can freaking sing. And uh, you get this whole, like, crazy, you know, Justin Chancellor doing the uh, the crazy playing with bass feedback which like watching him do it live is even more amazing because it is such a hard thing to control at that volume. And he does. Yeah. Um, the opener of Icarious, I really love, I think that's, it's a really good, like that's what tool like later tool is like their second two albums. Uh, Jombie, I really enjoyed. And uh, towards the end, Rosetta stone where like you get, there's, there's like six different time signatures in the song. And that, that to me really is fun. Um, other little moments like right into you get tabla drums and Danny Carey like legitimately plays tab tabla and tabla is not just Indian bongos like 
the actual technique to do it right is so antithetical of if you've ever played like like Latin hand drums at all. It's so the opposite of that. And I just I love that Danny Carey brings that into metal music like, I you know, in the same way that that you love uh, that you um, love Jethro Tull for putting flute and rock music. I love Danny Carey for putting tap. <laughs> um, hey, remember when Adam Jones was TNA World Tag Team Champion? Oh, wait, different Adam Jones. <laughs> Isn't Sorry. that what Pac-Man Jones's name is? Well, yes. yes. Yes, it is. Yeah. Adam Jones. Oh, yeah. Also, this Adam Jones helped make Jurassic Park because his, like, before he was in Tool and for the first couple of years in Tool, he worked in special effects. All those crazy Tool, tool videos that are uh, stop motion, Adam Jones made. Mm-hmm. Man hit his pinnacle yeah. with Mr. Spielberg. Great cornerback. Uh, well, no, but, uh, Rain, Drew. Messed up cornerback. Not that one, but still. Uh, Drew, if you can pull yourself together at my stupidity. You keep naming other famous Adam Joneses. All right, cool. Uh, That's true. The game we're playing this evening. Yeah. Um, That's the thing. Right. Uh, what, what are, what are some, some of the key tracks for you? We're, we're going to start out with Vicarious. Um, for some reason... The, the vicarious when i thought about it, it brought me back to being a 13 year old going to the robin hood um in kent and listening to art metal bands um and just like that artsy fartsy sort of um metal that was big in the kent akron scene at the time um and then like going going home and looking up other like cool metal bands and trying to play the bass parts um uh just as a confession yes i was the bassist that played scream of the butterfly way too much um i'm that guy i apologize for that um nobody should listen to acid bath um but um it's sort of something that i'm not a part of anymore because it feels distant like it i don't know to get into more of why I'm not a fan of it, um, Wings for Marie, uh, the, my eyes rolled when this song started. Um, it reminded me that I'm listening to a band that's fronted by a metalhead that also owns a vineyard. Um, it does some weird shit with time signatures, and that's cool. I give them credit for that. Um, not a lot of bands do that uh, in like popular music and tool. I would still say is a pretty well-known band. Um, and, and hey, hold on. I can't leave this. Just You can't be shitting on people with vineyards. Yes. I mean, come on now. I can when they're making no. music that's constantly complaining. Don't rope them all together. Yes. <laughs> hey, okay. you know, what Gary other Vaynerchuk is going to have something to say about this. And still tries to be super metal. Yes. Hey. I'm sure there's a heavy metal venture out there. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, uh, and that's, that's sort of my beef, uh, with tool as a whole, but we'll, we'll go on to the pot because I have actually a couple of good things to say about the pot. Um, Uh, uh, somebody needs to clip that out. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, hey, I swore. Um, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) I'm sure I swore listens to this. Um, but, I will give it a slight nod for the cool percussion work in the intro. Um, and this is where 
this is the first time in the record where that thing I said before, I kind of like my music to have like this upbeat tone to it where I can feel like the people that are making it, even if they're making it about something sad, that they're just happy to be making it. This baseline had that to me. I can imagine like, cause I've done it myself where the verse is like super weird and complex and goes a bunch of places. And then the chorus is a little bit more laid back. And then when you're done playing like the ridiculous bullshit, you kind of smile to yourself and look up at the audience. Like, Hey, did you see that cool bullshit I just did? Like, check me out. I did some cool bullshit. Like, look, that was a tasty jam. And I just played it. I played the tasty jam. Um, so I, I, I could very much dig, uh, that, that bit of awesome business. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brett, what would be some of the key tracks for you? Uh, you know, uh, I, I, it'll be more like key moments. Um, cause I, I really, this, this album was very, it's, it swam together a whole lot. And, you know, I vicarious and gave me something that I really enjoyed. Um, the last five seconds, if you want to scroll to the last five seconds of this track, uh, it made me feel like I'd just completed a level in Double Dragon Two, and I was in the in the in the screen <laughs> going through. Um, it was it was it was kind of uncanny. Um, Jombie, uh, a song about my favorite genie. Um, you know, it, uh, like I, I, you can't go wrong there. Um, you know, I and if I it, I think that was the song that had the talk box in it. Uh, um, maybe. The Richard yeah. Sambora esque talk box, yes. which you can't go wrong with. Oh, well, make um, like a high, make a honey hope. That's right. Uh, do hanging out with Dirty Dog and Chicky Baby. Um, but yeah, uh, the, yes, Pee Wee's Playhouse is great. Kids, look it up. Um, <laughs> Wings for Marie. Uh, like uh, at the five minute mark of this track, and I believe it happened later on. There's like this cartoonish strum down a xylophone. Or a skeleton's ribcage. I don't know. Um, it was very weird, not unlike the previous album that we listened to where I heard the notification noise. <laughs> Every time I heard this track, I couldn't help but hear that like little... like It just like like there's a, a, a filmation cartoon getting ready to come on. Like He-Man's coming up next. Um, but Oh, man. I liked He-Man. Yeah. But seriously, that that Richie said, like nobody's busted out the talk box. The 2009 talk box award goes to this album. Um, 2006, but by the way. or 2006. Sorry, the nine years ago yeah, award. Jesus for, Christ, make a new album. Yeah. Uh, or yes. Uh, I I will wrap things up tightly. But when it comes to tracks, that it opens up. It, it, it there's the. the like it has talky bits, it has thunder and lightning noises. Um, it's got all kinds of stuff. Uh, if if you're into that kind of stuff, but I really had a lot of trouble like pinpointing what made this album tick, and like that's why I can only say that things sound like Double Dragon Two. Yes. <laughs> Double Dragon. Uh, that's a good, that's a good way to go on on that. Uh, let's go back around and talk about some conclusive thoughts, Drew. What would be your conclusive thoughts about the album as a whole? Um, in my area uh, of the world, a lot of people know Ravenna for a few things. Um, and Maynard happens to be one of them. Uh, the other things being pot heroin and crystal meth. Um, 
of those four, I guess Maynard's the best one. Um, arguable, arguable. But hey, that crystal uh, meth is, is, this, is fun time. Yes, I'm sure I meth is what we want to be promoting on the show. Um, Sorry, kid. But uh, no, if if you want, the, this band is definitely not for me. Um, but if you want ridiculously complex music that also complains, uh, I guess this is the band for you. Um, or if you're really super stoned, um, cause that's most of the people I know that like tool yeah. are really super stoned. <laughs> I, I, I'm not super stoned. I don't know if that was clear. Yes. <laughs> by your by your screen name being X, Drucifer X. Uh, Drew lives I, clean for America. I only have extras for X because the guy who is on Drucifer won't answer my emails to buy his Twitter handle for ten bucks. Not even kidding. Try Tried. I've tried. I've sent him three emails. I'm like, dude, I'll give you like five bucks, ten bucks. Like, yeah. Um, uh, Brett. Speaking of uh, 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 desirable Crystal usernames, yes. uh, speaking of desirable usernames, Brett, what what would be your conclusive thoughts on the album as a whole? Um, you know, guys, I really didn't enjoy my time with this album. Um, if, you, uh, if if you're a tragic mess of a teen who's living like a new metal coming of age movie, um, this might be for you. Um, if you're someone that wants to see the the lasting legacy of of modern rock and roll music as of the 2000s and uh, and what it was and why it isn't anymore um this album might be for you uh, if you want something fresh sounding um that that stands on its own and doesn't really you know draw too heavily from things that had been done before um this uh, probably isn't for you in my opinion i i had trouble telling this like if i was doing the pepsi challenge again um, of uh, put me down with uh, this type of music with that fucking vocaling style that drives me fucking insane. Um, and a little bit of talk singing. There's talk singing. I forgot to bring up talk singing. Again, it only works with One Night in Bangkok. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm, I, I'm an old crotch of a man who doesn't like anything and is wrong all the time. But I think I have something going here. Uh, but your mileage may vary. Yeah. Uh, YMMV. Uh, I will say that I have st- historically liked Tool in the past. Uh, and, and I, I have like historically all- liked Petey until now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I've historically liked A Perfect Circle, you know, and, and quite a few of the songs. And yeah, this is a Tool album. I don't know if it necessarily is stands the test of time, but I, I, I will say I'm, I, I enjoyed it better than Brett and Drew did. Uh, so I thought I'd throw that positive vibe on there. Uh, Drew, I think you had uh, something else you want to say? I do have something to say. If we could get a John Hughes-style coming-of-age movie with Tool doing the soundtrack, I will take back everything that I've said. (laughs) Uh, If there's badass Pentecostal music, uh, uh, I'm in. (laughs) Um, that being said, uh, Patrick, you get the last word. What, what would be your conclusive thoughts on the album as a whole? 
Uh, Drew and Brett are wrong. If you can ignore Tool fans and the fact that Maynard James Keenan is a little bit insane, I think in the best way, I think Tool are fantastic. They are where most of what is called progressive metal is progressive rock, but with like double bass drumming. This is metal, but with progressive rock elements. And therefore, I really, you know, that that sort of suits me and my sort of metal leaning taste. Um, They're great musicians. Uh, And I think this album is like if you if if you don't want the like the angry, whiny Maynard James Keenan, which I understand why people don't like that. Um, you get that here and also fucking fantastic live act. Like their live show is one of the best I've ever seen. Uh, and they have lasers and how can you not love a band that has a laser show? Freaking laser beams. Um, I just, I feel like this is, this is when, when like seventies prog rock died, when it just sort of died out in the early to mid eighties, it went, never died for me. I know. But like when, when, when like, it's real to me, damn it. When new bands weren't happening anymore and it was just sort of Rush and King Crimson kept making albums, Tool, yes. Tool picked up from there and tried to do something else with it and took that that influence, mixed it with thrash metal, put it in the meat grinder, and it all kind of worked out. So go listen to this. And They only have four fucking albums in 25 years, which is really fucking infuriating as a fan, but it's also like why they like don't all hate each other. And we'll, um, we'll release another album next year. Also, good luck trying to find this on a digital medium. Oh, is it like avant garde? Oh, bullshit. have they like not released this anywhere? And I just not on Spotify. It's not on Spotify. It's what is it on audio? Nope, nope, nope. You can't buy it on Amazon. Like you can't buy it on Amazon. Oh God damn it, Tool! Stop it. Get it on on tape at the Sam Goody. Uh yeah, oh I had it. The only reason I was able to listen to it is because I had it. Because at some point I I got I got their entire discography somehow. Um, I paid money for this goddamn album. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but yeah. Uh, Can we talk about Sam Goody and Quonset Hut? <laughs> we we had the wall. That was where you bought CDs here. I don't if you kept the sticker, they would replace your scratch up CD. I don't remember all the same. I know. Uh, all right, but that's uh, conclusive thoughts on this album. Uh, let's get to our main event, our haiku reviews. Uh, let's start with Drew. What is your haiku? A blast from the past, but from a ugh, but from a past, I'd rather leave refrigerator <laughs> motherfucker motherfucker <laughs> also have refrigerator uh brett what is your haiku oh wait or should That's i right. do mine okay oh no i well i got it okay. no i I've, i'm 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 joshing drew you can use refrigerator this week i got it next week <laughs> i tried really hard to find the gold in them hills once again, I failed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have my haiku. Experimental. Sometimes can be long-winded. But creates cool moods. Uh, Patrick, what is your haiku? Trippy prog metal. Best of their generation. New record soon, please. 
And those are our haiku reviews. And that wraps a bow on our thoughts on Tool's uh, 10,000 Days. You cannot find this on Spotify, on our Spotify playlist or on Spotify in general, unless it's like in your iTunes library already. Um, it's it's not going to be any. You can't find it anywhere digitally. Have fun. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you, I, I assume you can find the yeah, next album. Everywhere. Okay. Uh, the next album for next week, uh, which will be provided by Brett. Brett, what do you got for us next week? We're going to take a trip back to 2003 uh, for the uh, the second album of a hot band coming out of the uh, the east of these uh, states united. Um, we're going to listen to The Strokes' Room on Fire. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting pick, to say the least. Uh, we're going to listen to that next week, and we'll have the discussion on that next week. Uh, but that's next week, and this is this week. And that brings us to the end of another fantastic episode of Record Breakers. You can, of course, find us all over the internet. Patrick is at the Swagger. Brett is at Hebebebebebebebebebebebebebebebebebebebebebebebebebebebebebebebebebebebebebebebebebebebebebebebebebebebebebebebebebebebebebebebebebebebebebebebebebebebebebebebebebebebebebebebebebebebebebebebebebeb